Hey everyone, and welcome to The Seed. We are changing over to a new podcast show that is more reflective of where I am in life. Ironically, The Seed was planted by every guest that I had on my Homes and Hops podcast. So listen in, subscribe, and comment on my new monthly podcast, The Seed, which stems from Dandelion Discussions, all about women empowerment, entrepreneurship, and objectives that are often planted in us. Our guest stories are here to inspire, educate, and most importantly, to let you know you are not alone. Hey everyone, Lisa Resnick back with The Seed with Caroline Wittenauer. Did I pronounce Wittenauer right? Wittenauer, yeah. It's a fun name to say. It is. I love it. So what was your maiden name? So real quick, so Caroline is a Mm co-owner of YoFresh. Correct. So powerhouse woman. That you are. So what was your maiden name before written hour? McDermott. Oh, those are two really good last names. Yeah, pretty good last names. They were. Did you struggle, though, tra- transferring over to mm-hmm. a new name? Um, a little, because my whole identity was, right, my maiden name. So it yeah. was a little tricky. Um, legally, I'm still McDermott because there's so much documentation, um, like business ownership documents and oh, everything, yeah. all in my maiden name. And so I just decided... Like keep, keep it, it keep it that way legally, and then just go publicly by written hour. It's just a lot easier. There's re- just too much to do. I remember with my husband now. So my last name, I love my family to death, but I really didn't have too much of an attachment with my la- my maiden name because I didn't really care for my father too much. Loved him, but I didn't really care for him too much. So I was like, oh man, can't wait till I get rid of that last name. And then when it actually came time. I was like, but wait a second, that's my last name. That's everything that I am. And I'm supposed to give that up willy nilly mm-hmm. on one day. Right. So Yeah, we always, um, when we were dating, Don and I joked about him taking my last name, but then we decided Donald McDermott just. No. Of, no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> and it's there was too, no good way to combine it or anything. Yeah, well, it's, it's like <laughs> this whole like dancey thing that we, it's yeah. not good. So we just decided no. Um, and I don't have any problems like changing it legally. It's just so many steps at this point on like so many documents that I just feel like. It's just not worth it's it. It's not worth the time and effort at this point. So. so when I went to go change my last name to Resnick, so clearly I wasn't like all about gung-ho and doing it. Not that I don't love my husband and don't love that name. It's just, again, goes back to the identity. So when we lived in D.C., we went straight to the Social Security office, gave, like, gave them all the paperwork that they needed, the marriage certificate, my old Social Security card, birth certificate, all that fun stuff. And I get in the mail my new social security card. And it said Besnick. <laughs> so I had to go back again oh, no, it's awful. to get the right one. There was a part of me that contemplated. I was like, should I just keep Besnick? Well, my very first social security card, like from when I was a baby, they spelled my last name like N-O-T-T instead of M-O-T-T. And I... I I think it was until I was like in my twenties before somebody on my like I nine was like we can't take this before somebody even noticed and I was just let it go and then I was forced (laughs) to go change it and um, so I was like okay I did that once already so yeah that's usually how it happens Mm -hmm. like we're forced to do it and then we'll do it but there's a deadline I like how you've done it though so you legally are still your last name Mm -hmm. however socially yeah and it works it works out really well and. Um, it's no different than if I 
had been married and got divorced and went by my maiden name again, but legally was still my like divorce last name. So that's kind of how I always just kind of was like, oh, people do that all the time. So I know. So I'm not gonna worry about it and just let it be. I I like that theory. I'm for it. I'm a big fan. I told Don if it ever bothered him that um, he could come with me and do every step with me. That's brilliant. And then he's like, no, we're good. We're good. (laughs) That that is brilliant. Yeah, because it's just so much work, you know, on top of all the other emotional labor women carry. And then I was like, there's just too many steps right now. I'm already doing these business things and teaching all these swim lessons and Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't have time That's for all that. That's the other thing. She's a swim oh, instructor. Yeah. Right. I always forget about that now. Like, YoFresh is so much of my identity, and yeah. then swim has taken a back seat, which is okay. It was just... But that's your, that's your release, though, too. That is my thing. Yeah. It is my it is my thing and my passion. And Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel good when I'm not in the water. So, like, Creekside's pool's been down for a couple weeks again. Yeah. And again? It's been, yeah, it's finally fixed. I think we're back in the water this week. It was just okay. kind of an emergency repair situation. And uh, it's been, like, even my body doesn't feel good when I'm not in the water for a couple days. So it's really important to me to have that um, space, even if I'm not swimming laps, like, just to be in the water itself. That's how I am with running. Yeah. Like, I need to have my freedom, my space to be able to do everything else. Yes. And keep in the right frame of mind for everything else. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, there's a lot of crap that happens. And we need to figure out our outlets, our hobbies, whatever you want to call them, to be able to sustain the rest of the time. Yeah, and mine just happens to be something I'm good at and also makes me money, right? Like, yeah, it's just true. one of those things where, like, well, it's not even a hobby. It's a hobby almost, but it still makes me money. And it's, That's our goal. It's, it's like, amazing that um, I get to do this thing where I show up and um, I could teach more days a week but teach less hours, but it's yeah. easier for me with the way my brain works to chunk it into two days. Like, so Sundays I'm usually in the pool, like, 9 to 5, which is a yeah. really long day to be teaching swim yes. lessons. But that's all I do on Sunday. Like, I mean, how pruny are you by time? It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. <laughs> My skin's so bad on Sundays. Um, but it, uh, but it's it's still so fulfilling. Um, yeah. And that twice a week seems to work really well in terms of, like, managing everything else with YoFresh. Because last year I tried to do three days, and it was uh, one much. day too much um, with just not enough evening hours to do things. Like, things will crop up even as an owner where I want to go to, like, a chamber event or something. And, like, yeah. at least now I only have one day a week of lessons in the evening. So I have other days to work with instead of... Um, Cramming two. and figuring out how to be in two places at one time. Yeah, it doesn't work very well. No. And it's one of those things none of us want to give up what our passions are. Right. Especially if we're making money with it. Right. Like, but then it's really hard right. to justify giving it up. Well, and then I have all these kids with special needs that I'm working with yep. in the water, and they need the water just as much as I do and or, you know, to keep that progress going. So it's not as easy as, like, well, I just won't teach tonight. Like, yeah. you know, I get really upset every time I can't teach. Like, if I don't feel well and I can't teach, I debate about yeah. it all day before I cancel lessons because I want to I don't want to let kids down. I want to be – yeah, I want to show up for the kids. So yeah. it's a little tricky, but – it is. It really is. It's so, important. So So I do have a question to ask mm-hmm. in regards to YoFresh and your last name. Yeah. Did you guys start YoFresh before you were married? Mm-mm. Right after. Okay. So we got married in March of 18, and we started YoFresh in July of 18. Okay. But I'd already... I mean, that is right after. Yeah, it was very quick after. Um, <laughs> and it was only because I needed healthy food. Like, that's how it all started was Dawn... Um, was like, oh, I work a little less than you do because at the time I was coaching swimming full-time and I was running around like a crazy chicken and teaching, you know, 30 hours a week of lessons on top of that. Yeah. 
And um, he's like, well, I work less. So like, why don't I meal prep for you so that you don't have to do it? And I was like, oh, that'd be great. And then he made a Facebook post um, of, the meal prep. of the meal prep. Like, hey, I've been making this for Caroline. And then within like two weeks, like we were like, oh, oh, this it is something. Inundated with people asking for you to do it for them. Yeah. And then he made a post on Facebook. And then so Voila. that was how it was. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's been weird because we've stopped doing meal prep now to the public as of October. Um, no way. And um, we paused so for... So I should stop telling my mom <laughs> <laughs> to give me a Yeah, so we're, we're still doing it in terms of, like, um, business to business. So, like, okay. right now we have a partnership with H.D. Davis. So during tax season they pay oh, for their, st- their employees to get healthy meals. And so... Um, but what was happening, we've just been so busy with all these contracts with the, the Monday through Friday that meal prep, we can't give it the time and attention. And yeah. and the world has shifted so much since we started. You know, I can go to Myers now and pick up a meal kit yes. for significantly less than even what we were charging for ours. And it becomes a uh, um, back and forth. And so we've... Um, because you can't lower your prices so much to be able to compete with No, I can't. I, like, it's not possible. Yeah. And... Um, and not to have a be able to afford our rent and everything else, and exactly staff and all that stuff. And then, um, so we made the really tough decision. We paused for a little bit just to see because we had just moved into that new space and like the new kitchen and like everything was just everywhere. And we were like, okay, we got like we can't do everything. We yeah. need to pause. And so then after we paused for like a month, we were like, there's no reason to continue. Like this is this is not generating enough revenue. In terms of effort and especially like um, meal prep, you need to be on social media all the time. Yes. Posting constantly. And I don't have time to do that or the capacity. I'm just saying I'm right now somebody else. social media. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just, it's just so much. It's much, a lot of work for not a lot of return. And, you know, and um, the contract works that we're doing with Alta and United Way and all of these things um, just, it's a steady revenue. And I'd rather be really good at that steady revenue than struggle for a couple extra. And you're still having the same impact. Yes, and if not more, yeah. um, because we're we're feeding, you know, we're working with kids and um, impacting that generation, which will impact, you know, more ripple I hope generations. to God. Like, I think about, like, the food in which our children consume, and, and I'm not knocking our school systems, because I know the financial burdens and, yeah. and budgets and we, that we they fund, have to. We're still in the same funding pool, so we do yeah. what we can with the money we have, and yeah. it's just, it's never enough. No. Um, and who was um, it Jamie Oliver wasn't it Jamie Oliver the chef that went into uh I think it was a school <sighs> in West Virginia to like revamp how they fed the kids during school but it was one of those I I think that it was on of course the Food Network but I I don't think he re-upped after like two seasons because I think it's I think at the end of the day it's, it's some a, of its budget it's and, and you have to work with what you got for or you have to work with what you have. And, um, you know, so funny side quest story here. When I was little, like third grade, I petitioned my entire school district for better school lunches, but I didn't remember this until we were like already in these contracts. That's awesome. (laughs) My mom reminded me, she's like, remember when you did that? Like, I remember I had this Lisa Frank notebook and it had like pink paper and everybody signed it. And I guess my mom got yanked into the principal's office. Like, do you know what your daughter's doing? She's like, yeah, I told her to do it. Like causing a ruckus. She's causing a ruckus. And I, I remember, I wish I still had the letters. Like they came back from the school district we do not need her bringing up something like this 
always been a little bit of a stir there, but, um, Oh yeah. You need it. That's a good thing to pause. Yeah. I was mad. Cause it was like certain things yeah. changed and I was like, why are these, why is this food so bad? Like, yeah. like, like you just cook it down the street and like, this is food. Like yes. it shouldn't suck so awful. Like it shouldn't be that bad. And it's gotten a lot better even, you know, with, with what we can work with. When I went to school, it was, so this is, this is grade school. When I went to grade school, it was like Monday Arby's. Tuesday pizza. I don't know from where. Right. It was very like, like it was like Friday was always pizza. Yeah. It was nothing was cooked there. And it was always like a fast food place bringing, bringing food into us. So I like honestly think about, and I think my family is listening. I love you very much. And you guys pick on me about my food so I can do the same, but, but there's so, so much in our lives that, you grow up eating this way. Yes. And then it continues on mm-hmm. through adulthood where really, let's face it, as kids, you probably could get away with it a little bit more mm-hmm. than you can. I know I can at my age. Like yeah. So it's this whole transition. And if it wasn't for, I hate to say it, Food Network, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for YouTube and everything and, and living in a major city... And having more food experiences, I probably still would be canned vegetables, a meat, and a potato, and that's it. Not and actually, I do enjoy all those things still yeah, today. Too. There's nothing better they're, than like canned peas. Like, yeah. It was ridiculous. They're I terrible, but corn. I love canned but, peas. Yes, there's nothing wrong with that. But that would yeah. have been all I ate with fast food intertwined mm-hmm. in it. That's that's how like Don likes to eat. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm always like, you need to eat vegetables. And then finally, one day he looked at me and he's like, I don't like fresh vegetables or frozen because their textures are all different. Canned vegetables are consistent. And I went, yeah. oh, well, then let's buy canned vegetables yes. for you. Then I'll eat can like I'll eat fresh and like I'll eat all three. But like if yeah. that's what's gonna take you to eat vegetables, like buy the canned vegetables. I have an adult friend that literally hides vegetables in her husband's meal so he doesn't know that he's eating them. Don, are you listening? <laughs> Don cooks at our house so he knows he's not hiding them in there but um, yeah that's uh, I mean I cook too but he cooks more, more than I do so <laughs> perks. Um, oh I had a thing. Oh so food experiences so that was something that we've noticed here like is kind of lacking so yeah. when we ended meal prep you know Don's Dawn's strengths as a creative person are not in um, counting out Cheerios and opening yeah. canned fruit for like, you know, daycare programs. And even meal prep gets to be kind of mundane and boring because you're, you know, nutrition matters so much in that yes. world. You have to measure everything. Um, so we decided to pivot. And so we're going to be launching food experiences. So that's how we're pivoting. I know. Yeah, look at you. You didn't oh, even know. Excited. Um, so he's going to be doing some chef table events. Next so like, line discussions. Mm-hmm, we need to figure out what yep, we're going to incorporate this. Um, and so he'll cook in front of you and like, you know, and that way he can be very creative because that's where he really shines. Um, and then um, we've been talking about some cooking classes and things like that. So um, like this Friday, Kent State uh, Rising Scholars Program okay. is coming up to the kitchen. We have a partnership with them. Um, they've come up a couple of times now, but they'll come up and do like a cooking class with us. And um, we had started doing cooking classes literally like the week before the COVID shutdown happened. And then we got those con- – so everything just kind of like – you know, got tossed up in the air. So it did, but so luckily now we're coming it back also worked out. Yeah, it's coming around much nicer now. And, um, you know, and, and us ending meal prep for us also freed up our kitchen on the weekends. 
So because when we did meal prep, it was, you know, you had to order by Thursday. We cooked Friday, Saturday, delivered on Sunday. Well, those are like the three biggest days you can get people in to do things. So, you know, we had to make some tough decisions in that world. And, you know, even now with the, the way we're doing it with this, the, um, my brain just stopped. Um, the employee program. Oh yeah. Like we can cook during the week, you know, and get it out. I would have been able to fill in that void to pick up that sentence for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was thinking, I was like, oh, where's she going? Yeah, no, it's cool because my ADHD took me like, so, um, that, that's been really helpful. And then, you know, we would get calls for catering or things and we couldn't do it because we were always tied up with meal prep. And so, um, we decided that that was, that was part of the decision-making process was, um, where, where, what can we do? What can we do that's different? Right. And there's also two other meal prep companies in the area. And, you know, we have these big giant food contracts and are just growing with a wait list. And so where are we going to put our time? As part of the cooking, would you guys incorporate teaching us how to meal prep? Yeah, so we've talked about doing that a little bit. And then my idea, which my husband does not seem that excited about, but I told him that's because he hasn't seen women light up when I explain it, yeah. is like a sip and prep class. So instead of, oh, yeah. Right? So instead of going to go and like painting something, you would yes. show up with your five girlfriends. Like you sign up ahead of time. He's done all the shopping. You go home and you've got like four or five Dawn. freezer meals, right? And um, lasagna is- and you put it in the freezer, but then you don't also have to clean up. So your kitchen that's is... amazing. And it would just yes. be... Yeah, and a hundred percent. I could see a group of your friends coming oh, in and doing that. Hands down. You go home with ten freezer meals or something after three hours of time and no you, shopping and no cleanup. I mean, think about it. Like if you're even if you're a stay home mom that's kids are actively involved in sports, mm-hmm. your your hours are hectic. If you're a working mom, your hours are hectic. If or husband, let's be let's be real. I yeah. will say that right. yeah. that my husband does the workload it's a true partnership in our marriage because we both work and we both have kids and we both own a house so it's both of our responsibilities sure but um also um so even if you're a single woman that works because at the end of the day it's not the same as it was 20 mm-hmm. years ago there's no shut off nope it's constant so having that done like I do I meal prep on Sundays and I do that because I know my week. Right. Is, I eat better all week if I have yes. meals. Yeah. And and I and because again, like the fast food that I've had growing up and eating issues that I've had because mm-hmm. of it and everything else, I am very adamant about making sure that I don't put myself in that headspace again. And I also want to teach my kids how to eat healthier. Right. And just automatically veer towards those healthy options yep. versus the other one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, mean, I never I was so elated the one time that I finally conceded and took my boys through the Burger King drive through and they got sick afterwards. Mm-hmm. I was so happy. I was like, oh, I must have been feeding them right that they can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I always will love an Arby's. You know, I do love Arby's. <sighs> the, the Arby's sauce, mm. it's so good. Although, ever since they took away the potato cakes, I don't really go to Arby's as much anymore because I was a potato cake girl. So, um, favorite burger joint around here? Mm. That's a tough one. Have you tried Sespies? Yeah, I know, I know for those who don't like live Sespies. in this area, there are certain places that are worth the drive. Yeah, Sespies is good. Um, 
My friends will be proud of me that I pronounced that right, too, by the way. Um, <laughs> I mean, Burgatory was always my go-to, but that's up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And um, I always liked that, that, though, because you could make your own. Yeah, so, like, that's probably my favorite, just because I can build it however I want. Um, and they have multiple choices of meat, right? So, like, oh. like, you can get bison and all sorts of stuff, so I don't have to just get, like, a hamburger. Oh, it's, that's cool. Mm. I like that. Yeah, so that's probably my favorite. Um, okay. I do like burgers. They're probably my go-to. I know. So I'm doing this veggie thing. I'm trying for the entire month of February, just not just having veggies, veggies and legumes. So that is going to be, because I feel like my body needs reset sure. from the holidays that may have extended a little bit longer in the month <laughs> of January. <laughs> it's been a tough January. <laughs> it has been a tough it's January. It's been a tough January. But, um, but that is my, that's my goal. We'll see how long I last. And I also wasn't willing to give up wine or coffee. So I was like, I'll try to let go of the carbs and see what happens and eat raw vegetables. Yeah. Raw vegetables are easy though. I yeah, mean, I know. you get like snap peas and yes, that's kind of my go-to every week. I, um, so before I even like sit down at work every day, I have this like little cart that has all these little containers and I keep, yep. I, I fill it up before I even sit down. Cause I know if I don't get myself ready before I sit down to work, I'm probably not going to eat anything healthy all day. Yep. And I won't eat at all because, you know, the ADHD and the focus and yes. all that stuff. And um, and so that way, as I'm sitting there eating mindlessly, I'm eating, you know, trail mix and carrots and snap peas and um, blueberries and all sorts of healthy food instead of, um, you know, choosing to eat unhealthy all day. So how is it coping with ADHD? Oh, um. It's better now that I also know I'm autistic. Yes. <laughs> um, so actually, which is, you found out your diagnosis. In July. Yeah. Yeah. And I only found out I was ADHD in um, 2018, too. So, Holy cow. Yeah. So I was 36 when I got my ADHD diagnosis. And I was like, oh, so much makes sense, right? Because I would struggle, like, paying bills on time. But, like, at the same time, I know I have this mind that can do so many amazing things. Yeah. And, like, why is this so hard for me? Like, like even, you know, I have friends from high school that barely graduated and they own businesses and like they seem to pay their bills on time. So yeah. why is this so hard for me? Like what's wrong with me? Um, or like I would know rent was coming up, but I would have like, you know, money in my bank account and I go shopping even though I knew yeah. I had expenses coming up and I knew the right choice was to not spend the money, but I couldn't help it. Yeah. Um, there was no way I could stop it. And so once I learned I had ADHD and I was like, I'm just saying, oh. I feel like I really relate to you right now. Maybe I have it too. <laughs> but that whole like, oh, yeah. that's an impulse control struggle. So now I can create a system to work around it. Well, I have all these systems that I create, but I didn't realize until like recently that's the autism side of me. Like that's able to like create, build, the, system. create the systems and then like maintain them. Um, some Holy most cow. of the time um so so they work out together yes they, now, they all other. fail because all systems fail 100 percent of the time at least once so yeah. what i've had to like come to terms with lately is that my system may fail like i may journal every day for six months and then i'll stop for four yeah. because something derails me but that doesn't mean that was a bad system i don't have to re i don't have to reinvent it no i just need to start again like i can yeah. just pick it back up or it's i needed it for that six months and these four months a lot was going on or some other stuff, and I just needed to prioritize other things. Yes. It wasn't necessarily that I failed at this thing um, that maybe a neurotypical person can literally do every day without a problem. I'm just out of executive function points for, like, the next couple of months because there's yeah. a lot of change happening, like, moving into the new kitchen and 
building new systems and trying to make sure we have the right staff and all that stuff. And journaling just takes a back seat because yes. these other things need my brain power and there's only so much of it. No, I agree. Um, but I, I got my ADHD diagnosis cause I went to my therapist. Um, you know, I worked with all these kids with special needs and I was working with mostly kids on the spectrum at the time. And I had girls, um, and I was like, hmm, they're, and they're, they were young, you know, but they're diagnosed. And I was like, yes, but their, their, their autism looks a little different than the boys I have. And like, so I started researching it. And so, you know, Asperger was in the DSM back then. Mm-hmm. It's not anymore. And, um, for the right reasons. Okay. And, um, cause of the German Nazi stuff. Just, oh, is that good, the it's reason? Like, I was about, I was going to ask mm-hmm. why and, is Asperger's renewed? And that, and it, it just, it's a kind of a move removes like an elitism kind of thing like well, because you do different like, support needs right like I have the same support needs as somebody that has like a level three autism I just may not need it as frequently or as much or I don't yes. have as many comorbidities with it um, yes. because I, like I can speak most of the time there's some days there's nothing left like there's no words I need to just type you know kind of thing um but um so anyway, I was researching this and I went to, I had all these articles about girls with Asperger's and I had highlighted them all because I was like, these are like my childhood. Like, this is me. And I took it to my therapist and she's like, this is all executive function. This is all ADHD. I've been waiting for you to bring this up so we could start talking about it. And that was kind oh, of wow. how that all started. And then once the ADHD was managed and once I was on the right medication, you know, it took a couple of years to get all that stuff figured out. It's hard being and able to adjust. Yes. To and like what what levels of prescription that you need of it. Yes. Like, and, mean, and finding doctors that listen to you that tell you like, cause for me, Adderall only worked a certain manufacturer. Okay. And then, but like they wouldn't carry it at the same drugstore all the time. Like I don't, I can't call around for three days, you know, or then I'd have a doctor. I was like, this isn't working. Like I'm binge eating when it wears off and they're like, it's fine. And I'm like, it's not fine. Like I'm struggling with my food and you're telling me I'm gaining weight, but I'm telling you it's because of the medication yep. and you're not listening to me. And so like getting to the right doctors and like getting the right people to, to, yeah. It's just, it's a whole process. It is um, and then even COVID and the shutdown, right? My whole world changed. And the thing that had always kept me grounded my entire life has been the sport of swimming. And that was ripped away. And so even when I wasn't coaching anymore, because I was teaching lessons full time right before COVID shut down for about a year and a half, two years, almost two years, year and a half. Okay. And, um, like, but that thing, right? And if you think about this in terms of autism, right? In the water, being in the water all the time and how that's, like calming oh, to my sensory. own body and the sensor. Yes. It's like a weighted blanket, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, it was like, ripped away and I was a mess. Like it was, it was awful. And I didn't even know until I got through the other side, like how hard it had been, but like all of my systems that kept me grounded and stable and da, da, da. And the biggest change for me, um, even during that time, before I got my diagnosis, when YoFresh got the contracts with the schools, because we went back to like a school year and a summer, and I was comfortable because even the sport, like year-round swimming, yes. you've got like a school year kind of sport and then you have a summer season. Yes. So like it made – it was like the pattern I was comfortable with. I can function in this pattern. I know how to exist in this yes. world. And school was always a good space too. So right, like school year, summer. like, And I think back to like school year, summer and like, oh, I worked really hard during the school year and I like was a lifeguard and taught swim lessons yes. in the summer. It was just ex- – you know, Extra work. It was just – um, executing, absorb. not yeah. planning and a lot yes. of executive function, you know, it was just show up, do your job kind of stuff. A three and, month reprieve. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's why life's been hard, you know? And so like getting this diagnosis has, um, things, more things make sense now. And, um, and even understanding that like, I can only schedule so much social and then I have to be alone, um, and to recharge. And, um, I'm working on a balance of like, if it's one hour of social, I have to have an hour like alone to do my own thing, whether that's reading or 
embroidering or whatever that is, but like yeah. alone, not even yeah. like with my husband, like I have to be alone yeah. for that. Um, and that's really hard. I know it's hard for him because he likes to spend time with me and I like to spend time with him, but sometimes I just need to be if alone. If he wants to have you as you, then he needs to give that time. All of us would need to give you that time. He's gotten a lot better. He read a book. I had him read a book about, um, it was like 22 things, um, like a, your partner with Asperger's. Um, yes. I'm level one autistic, so it's the closest. Um, yes. it was written a few years ago, but, um, you know, could want you to know like your female partner. And he's yes. like, this book is like you. And I was like. Yes. Like, because it's different. Like you said, it shows so much differently in females mm-hmm. than it does males. Right. Do you think it's because females are, and I hate, <laughs> I hate characterizing male, male and, and female because I do, I do think that I think men can be caregivers just as much as right. females like, can. Like Dawn traditionally takes on more of the caretaking yeah. roles at the house. Yeah. Um, and I take on more of the like breadwinner roles at our yeah. house. Yeah. But, but like, do you think that the reason why it's so it's more difficult for for people to see it in females like they do in males is because females can be more social? Yeah, I think. So I think some of it's conditioning um, of like how females are raised to be social and to be caretakers, because when I'm doing a job mm-hmm. like I can do that job. Right. Yeah. Like I can cook dinner. I can do these things. These are tasks. They're 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 performances right um if I have to go help at a fundraiser like I would much rather work a fundraiser yes than network um, the fundraiser than network at the fundraiser right like yes. going to the event itself is horrible yes. but um don't put me at the 50 50 table that's not a good space but like if you yeah. like at a wine pour and I had a job to stand at a wine table and pour wine much better position yes. for me to be in than have and I can still talk to people and be social and meet people but I need a thing to be doing um otherwise I'm just ridiculously uncomfortable and I just sit there and my anxiety levels at networking events hits the height. I mean, you can take me to actually just a house party that mm-hmm. I don't know everybody at, or I ha- or I haven't. I don't even hung- go to house parties anymore. I'm like, I just, don't. I just can't. Like, like I have difficulty with like the small talk. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not good at it. I'm just not. Like, I'm like, let's deep dive. Right. I have no desire to talk about the surface thing. No. Like, if I can't talk to you about the hard, I don't want to, like, yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not good at approaching people either. And then I was at an event, what was it, last year, and there were 500 people there. I, like, and everybody kept saying, Lisa, there's definitely going to be people there that you know. The problem is, is when I show up in a space that way, I can't identify anyone. Everyone mm-hmm. is a blur to me. That's why I always ask Ellie. I'm yeah. like, Ellie, are you going? Can I sit with you? Like, she's like, I'm a great one. She's, she's, uh, she's great. like, I was she, like, oh, thank she you. She sees people. She's great at the uh-huh. networking. I absolutely like, I like so admire that quality of her. Like it is, it is, people think it's easy, mm. but it's not. It is like, I really do admire those qualities in people, but it's not something that I have to like really psych myself Mm-hmm. up for events like that well and that's where like your events I like going to because they're small and yeah. I get to start to you know like I'm, I'm I see the same people on the pictures because I've only yes. ever been to the one um because the last one I was sick but like I also know that that's where I tend to I can really talk to people in more in depth and it's yes. not just showing up to be seen it's showing up to be like fully seen yes. or to add contribute yes. or um and it was funny like I've had I work on this um Columbiana County Women's Leadership um, Empowerment Retreat that we do every year for um, a lot of, like, low-risk and at-women in Columbiana County. And 
like, I'm on the committee and the one committee member's like, I'd really like to get coffee with you. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I said, I, I said, well, I said, let me like, give you some more detail. Like, I was like, I, I would love to get coffee with you, but yeah. I know if we schedule, first of all, I have to schedule it. Yeah. And I know when it comes up, I'm going to find a reason not to, because this is not something like what will work is like, we're at the meeting, what will be like at a committee meeting together. And I'll be like, Hey, like, you want to go get a cup of coffee? Cause we're already in the middle of something and we'll extend it. It just has to happen naturally. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's I'm going to, no. Nope. It's That's too awesome. much of a deviation from the patterns and all that. <laughs> like, I know now more um, about why with the, the autism and stuff, but it's, um, I was like, it, I, and I connect to people more when we're like working on a project together or like a joint, yes. um, like underarching, what's the word I'm looking for? Like mission I, values, yes. right? So like the women's leadership retreats or like the birth mom retreats that I help um, facilitate and things like that. Like there's that shared Coming out. And that's it. Even like with Dandelion, it's like everyone who is there at those discussions is there for a purpose. They're, they're not coming for surface level conversations. No. They're there for the deep conversations. They're there to be vulnerable. They're there to learn strength and to be inspired like that. Everybody's there with the same purpose. So, I mean, that's why I love them. Yeah. Like, it's that shared common. Yeah. Like I'm here to grow and learn or to, to give back in like, what I've yes. learned and pass it on and, and like bring somebody else up. Yes. And, um, that's where I, yeah. Um, that's where I prefer to be. That's when you told me that you were diagnosed. I did. You were one of the first people in public that I told, like, um, like, like just kind of took the risk and said, yeah. Hey, by the way, you know, cause like people have always kind of known, but we just didn't know that was the word for it. Like she's a little weird, but like that's, that's well, okay. You're talking to a weird person. Right, right, right. So. We all tend to find each other, but, but, um, like it was kind of my feeler, but you did. Yeah. And like, and I was like, how are people going to respond to this when I tell yeah. them? Right. Cause there was a while where I was like, I think I'm on the spectrum. I was kind of telling people, I think I'm on the spectrum um so priming yes and then I was like oh I am and I knew I hadn't given you that prime and no. so I was like oh and like you responded well and I was like oh that was a little easier than I thought because it can yeah. a lot of times even when I said I was thinking well, about I, it my I'd get well, there's response, no way like my there's no way. response like, to you was well number one if you're saying it there is a way <laughs> number one right number two two but like where I immediately went was how are you yes like, how 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 are you doing with yeah, this? Yeah, it was weird. You know, like, like <laughs> it was it was so validating to, like, finally get to, like, and I feel very, like, whole for the first time, um, which is weird because I didn't realize I wasn't feeling mm -hmm. whole um, until that. But then it was also a lot of grief because there were, like, I've been in so many abusive relationships that I maybe wouldn't have been in because I didn't understand the yep. patterns until I had been in enough of them to know that those were not those right were bad one. patterns. Like, yeah. you know, cause I could see patterns and the shifts in patterns. Um, but like, I wouldn't know that that was wrong until I had enough data to be like, those are bad patterns. Like, yes. don't do that. And so I think for me, that's probably the biggest, I don't really care so much about like, like school was great. Like college was great. Swimming was yeah. great. Um, I think my twenties would have been easier had I known I had ADHD, like as a child. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like the biggest would have been relationships and not being in those abusive situations and having more trauma on top of already being like an unknown, undiagnosed autistic yeah. individual and just the trauma of the world being too loud or too much for me. Um, 
And we look back and like when I was a kid, I used to wear sunglasses and like lay under a blanket for fireworks and like wear earplugs. Yeah. But like we don't know that that, that was stuff that, was autism. Well, back especially then. when we were growing Mm-mm. up. It was just I we mean, didn't know about I mean, brains. ADHD was not a thing. Mm-hmm. ADD wasn't a thing. Like none of this stuff. And then we do go through this this whole like our school systems, educators and everything. You will have your educators that are full on board. Mm hmm. That will will bring up to the parents. Right. Just be like, hey, just in case you didn't know, like, this is what we're seeing in school. Mm-hmm. We just want to make sure that you're aware. And, and so they can help the right. children a lot sooner than waiting until they're adults. Mm-hmm. But you also still have a lot of people with a very strong belief, which I don't think it's right, um, that... Oh, whatever. It's like if your kid does something wrong, let's just diagnose them as something and that be it. And I'm like, no, but that's not it. It's not just a Mm-mm. diagnosis and walk away. No, it it like eliminates a lot of things, strategies that maybe won't work and yep. gives you. So even like before I even decided to start looking to get a diagnosis, I decided to start treating myself like I was autistic and I just started accommodating myself that way. Mm-hmm. And I've already been doing a lot of it. Like I always have, I've used Calendly before anybody even knew what Calendly was, right? Like Calendly I did a, is awesome. I've, I've, <laughs> I've done a lot of that kind of stuff um, because I needed to schedule meetings and like yep. this, that and the other. And like, I just, that was just how I needed to function. But then I just started doing more and more of it. And like, like even my office now, like I'm alone in my office pretty much all the time. Okay. And um, I need to be alone in my office to function. And like the, the girl next door has um like a consignment studio and I can hear her hangers sometimes like on the wall and it makes my skin like crawl and it's not her fault. Right. And yeah. so like I have to like just deal with that on days, but like there's days where I can deal with it and there's days where it makes me want to crawl out of my skin and I have to like leave and go for yeah. a walk and come back because I can't take it. And um, but like spending that year accommodating myself, like I was autistic was like, oh, life got easier. Like, <laughs> I don't know, oh, like, you know, I started saying no to things that were like, um, social events that started after like seven because and I need to go to bed early because I like to get up early because I need that quiet time. And it just, it just changed everything. You were, I remember this is before the diagnosis. I remember we were talking about an event. No, it was after the diagnosis. We were talking about an, an event and you said, I don't think I'll be able to make it because this is what I have going on. Oh, it was Ellie's um, open house. And I yes. felt so bad because I wanted to go so much. And I, I was like, I'm going to try so hard. But had we done it as a job, yes. I would have been able to go, right? Yes. Like, so. yes. But you're like, I have like I have this other thing happening the day before. I think your thing was like the night before. It was. Yeah. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I was but, like, nope, I'm tapped. There but, was something else like the day before that. Yes. And like, I was like, uh, I'm out. Like yeah. I'm out of social battery. Fall is horrible with social events. It is like one after the another after another mm-hmm. that, and that's why actually October was the last time I did a dandelion event. Yeah. Because to do the discussions further on until after the new year, people are worn. And I don't want people to be worn from my event because they right. And or being in that place of being like, how do I be in two places at once? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's let's give everyone a break. And yeah, like, no, and, and I, I thought out. that was great. You yeah. know, I was like, oh, good, she's not doing them in November, December. Like, <laughs> like there's already <laughs> enough other stuff happening, you know, a kind of thing. Enough other stuff yeah. happening. And October was difficult too for the last one because that's when things really start ramping 
up with the, all these different mm-hmm. fundraising events and community events in which we all definitely want to be a part of right. and do whatever we can to help out. But it does get a bit overwhelming. So speaking of yeah. hanger sound, I have, there is a hair salon that's next to Dandelion and the walls might might be able to allow us to hear every conversation they've had. <laughs> I mean, a part of me is wondering, do I put a cup up against the wall and get all the gossip locally? Sometimes I can hear, depending on um, who's in the, like, changing booth on the other side yeah. of my wall, like, if their voice is, like, a low enough residence, like, I can hear it through the HVAC system, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, which means they can hear me. Um, oh, yeah. And I, but... You know, I don't really talk a whole lot in my office by myself. So So actually, I have found myself talking to myself in the office. Like, I'll come in, I'll put my backpack down, I'll, like, put my coat on the chair. I'll be like, okay, Lisa, (laughs) are we ready? Your your inner monologue is an outer monologue. (laughs) Like, nobody can hear. It's just me. (laughs) I mean, I do talk to myself, but, uh, yeah. Not like all day long, right? Like I don't have a yeah, conversation with myself. So. It's just like little outbursts here and there about something that, I mean, I feel it's warranted. <laughs> yeah. It's like like if I get that email that I'm saying, oh my God, in my mind, and it's going out of my mouth, that means it's a legit, like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yup. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I don't remember. My brain stopped. Sorry. That's okay. So we were talking about the different events, fall being so crazy, and then um, basically how you've learned the systems that you need mm-hmm. to utilize to manage having yeah. autism. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like also, do you tell your kids and swim? I do. Um, and it's so funny. He's like, Liam, I told while I was going through, he's a teen, mm-hmm. um, and he's highly verbal, and da, da, da. And I was like, hey, I went to the doctor, and then he's like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, you know, I asked his mom if it was okay if I, like, told him that I was going yeah. through this process, because we all kind of knew it was a sure thing. It was just a formality at that point. And he's like, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm okay, but I went to see if I was, like, the doctor's testing me to see if I'm autistic. And he, like, looks at me, and he's like, hmm. And, you know, and then he's like, well, are you? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know yet because I'm just in the middle of it. Yeah. But I wanted to share with you because I think I am. And, you know, you and I have always been able to communicate pretty well. And, like, yeah. where you've had a hard time with some of your other teachers. And and he's like, huh, well, that's kind of cool. And he, like, yells to mom, like, mom, coach is autistic. And, like, he was, like, so excited. And he's like, welcome to the family. And then the yeah. other day he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, they, they, they know for sure. And he's like, huh. And, like – at the time, he was really concerned that I was old, which I, you know, you take oh, with a grain of salt because yeah. they're, you know, teens. Yes. Um, but I had gone my whole life without knowing. But, like, he's oh. he's really never known a life. Like, he remembers being tested, but he was, like, three or four. Yes. So he has never really known any different. And, like, he was really, like, you've had to do this without knowing for 40 years. That seems horrible. Yeah. And I was, like, it really kind of was. And I was, like, but, you know, that makes sense. Like, why I work with kids like you and, like, why we just – you seem to all be able to communicate well. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he brought up the other day that I used to be more rigid when I first started swim lessons. It was like pre-vivance and pre-anxiety medication. Yeah. Um, but I also brought up the point to him that, like, until he knows how to swim well, I have to be very rigid because he could die <laughs> yes. in the water um, learning to swim. And it was until, like, he learned the strokes that we could really play um, with them in the water and like experiment with things. We couldn't really do that until he was like safe enough in the water to do those things. The foundation um, first. 
Yeah. And he's like, oh. And I think, too, like, a little less anxiety meds and not needing to be as rigid. Yes. Um, And I think even knowing now, I don't feel like I have to be so anymore. Like, it's just, oh, like, now I can, oh, this is my autism making me want to stay here versus that's not necessarily. um, And sometimes you give into it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you're like, nope, I got to force myself to do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's just tricky. It's a battle, yeah. you know, trying to figure out when to push through it and when to rest, um, you know, because there's different kinds of burnout and stuff with this. Yes. And uh, it's a little tricky. Um, but I've done a pretty going. good job taking care of myself, I think, especially since I I figured it out, like, pre-diagnosis. Um, it's helped a lot. How much more reading of it did you do afterwards? Not much. Um, little things here and there. Uh, like, TikTok has been... There's so much information on TikTok because, like, that was also part of how I got there because there's all these voices of, like, highly verbal women Mm -hmm. with autism. And I'm like, oh, my brain works like yours. You know, I'm listening to Temple Grandin talk about um, how how she sees patterns in her world is just you know, cattle. I think Mine's she was swimming. on Glenn and Doyle. Yeah. And she was, yeah. um, she was just on another one too, um, that I watched. It was just a couple weeks ago where she talked about like visual thinking and how she thinks. And I was like, that's how my brain works. Yes. Right. Until she articulated it. I was like, I couldn't explain it to people. And I was like, Oh, it's like this, this is how my, I see in images and little snapshots. And like, Dawn's like, how do you remember that? I was like, well, I see a picture in my head. Like, I know, like I just, there's a picture. Yeah. Um, it's not a photographic memory. It's not anything like that exciting, but, um, where you'd be getting the Nobel Peace Prize because you remember everything yeah. from, like, just it's weird things. Page. Yeah, like, it's just weird things, like, like memories and stuff or, like, these little snapshots. And, yeah. you know, or if you ask me a question, my brain, like, starts and, like, narrows itself down, but it's image, 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 image. It's so weird. Like, it's almost like zooming in on the next image. It's very weird. Um, cool. It's very cool. <laughs> um, and I'm just figuring that out. And I've been reading. Um, There's a part of me that wishes that people had the ability to do that. Well, I was fascinated that people don't can't see things in their head. Because, like, I'm, I've always just been able to see the vision of, like, where I want to be in five years and work towards it. Yeah. And I don't know how people can't do that. And I was like, oh, because they don't have that kind of brain. Like, I, I didn't understand I that people don't or have like, that, like. Or the ability to connect. Yes. Like, something like looking at a yellow vase will connect you to five other different things that remind you of that yellow vase that you think would work really well Mm -hmm. in that yellow vase. Right. So, it's just like having that capability. I think it's It's fantastic. It's an an amazing superpower, but it's also exhausting because my brain never stops. Yeah. Um, And it's always making connections and which is why... Yes. I have to be alone because the sensory is too much because it's always inputting and I have to have time where it's not. And yes. um, that's going to be really challenging. But, um, oh, man, I had a thing and I lost it. Oh, I'm reading Unmasking Autism. I'm just saying. And, I was uh, just about to ask you what you're reading. <laughs> yep, Unmasking a little bit at a time because it's um, it's a lot to digest and to understand and to um, – the way I tend to read nonfiction is like little chunks at a time. And then I'll like read that book for like a chapter and then I'll pick up another book for a chapter. And then I kind of circle through them. But I think that's because my brain is like applying them because I don't usually read nonfiction without the intent of like learning and applying something. Um, Otherwise why I don't need to read it just to learn information because I'm getting so much information all the time. Um, So unless it's interesting or relevant, eh. And then I need to, like, learn how to put it into play or learn how to handle it. And, like, reading about the historical context of, like, how things have been for, oh, it's just, and it's, it can be kind yeah. of heavy. And um, it's a lot to, like, it's not something, I, and it's not something I want to blow through. You know, like, I'll read a yeah. murder mystery, 
And then a double two and yeah. a half speed and, and yeah. you know, it's a five hour audio book and I'll finish it in two hours and it's fine, but that's not I'm not listening for that to retain information. And yeah, that's you're a just different getting entertainment. Yeah. I'm instead of watching SVU, yes. I'm listening to a murder mystery book. That's different than the last exactly. time I watched the same SVU episode on repeat. Um, it's the same kind of pattern, but it's I'm the same way. Yeah, I need that um repetition, but it's um yeah I read a hundred especially if it's a heavy book yes yeah and there's a lot of like like yeah. when I'm reading about these things and even like temples books and stuff they're 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 heavy and I'm also you know and I'm working with all these kids on the spectrum mm-hmm. so I'm also thinking about them and like how I'm gonna apply this with them and how I'm gonna tweak things with them so there's a lot happening but um, I read 144 books last year which was ridiculous I don't know how I read that many. Um, I listen to most of them on audio, so, um, I do them like while I'm now we don't have kids, so there's no children at home or anything. Um, just the cat and, um, you know, and so as soon as I wake up, there's a book on and, and I'm getting dressed and I'm showering with, you know, thank thank goodness for waterproof headphones these days. You know, I shower with the book on, I do everything like up until I sit down to do my work, like with the book on, um. Because it's better for my brain to be listening to a book than it is to, like, run through its own thoughts all the time. That's good because because you're focusing in on something else mm-hmm. instead of constantly going yourself. Yeah. And it, it's um, almost like an output instead of a – Yep. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot. I've never read that many in a year, I think, since I was, like, little, you know. But I think, um, I, I, think I read 14 and that's about Well, and – I listen at double speed and more. like two and a half speed. So it goes really fast. And I read a lot of short books last year because that was all I could handle with all of the change at YoFresh. Like I read yeah. like really crappy murder mystery series, you know, where the characters stay the same and it's easy to, doesn't require a whole lot of focus and um, I just follow along. I did a lot of women power books. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely love the Enneagram books. I mean, those are quick reads. Yes. Those are like you read through and, and you do, you have a tendency to hone in more of what is more applicable to you. Sure. And then, but I actually enjoy it. And I've said this a few times. I actually like knowing other people's Enneagrams or who, where the, or. I can never remember my number. I'm an INTJ, Myers-Briggs. I I am an ENTJ. I think there's another initial or whatever. No, there's just four. Okay. Then I'm the protagonist. That's so that's what I remember is the protagonist out of the ENTJ. Or is it FJ? Feeling or thinking? Hmm? It's feeling or thinking. Like, do you... um, I like to think I do both. (laughs) Do you make your decisions based on how you feel or how you think? Both. Because I also did the... um, I also did the Clifton Strengths. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did that, too. So my first is input. Mm. My second is achiever. My first is strategic, and my second is learner. Yeah, see? I can't remember my next three, but they're all, like... They're all the green or yellow or orange categories. And my purple, which is like all the relationship ones, are my worst. I have like very little relationship no, skills. I did not strengths. have I did not have the relationships as my strengths. Um, which also goes with my Enneagram, which my Enneagram is the eight. I think I'm a seven, but I don't know if, why I remember that. I know I've done it, I just can't remember my I number. But I was I, never as like into that as I was like Myers Briggs and Clifton. Clifton, I love. Or, like, executive functioning. Yeah. I spend more time in, like, those worlds. Looking at it. And then it was funny because I did – I spoke with a coach of Clifton Strengths. Oh, that's cool. And I was, like, try to help me out. And she said, well, she goes, your top five are good. And I got – Command was one of my – and she goes, that's rare. 
She goes, people don't really get command. Um, and, but, and she said it was interesting, the first two and how they, they work together, the input and achiever, because they're so different from each other. Significance is in my top five too. I got ideation, input, achiever, ideation, command, and deliberative. There's two more in there that I can't remember. Working memory is my poorest executive function. I literally just took this three weeks ago, oh, so that's well, the reason yeah. why it's at the top of my mind. <laughs> when I took mine, I was like, oh, none of this surprises me. Like, I knew all of this. Yeah. <laughs> it was just confirmation. Yes. I thought it was really neat to see, like, the next ten, because I felt like those were the places that I could really get stronger and, like... Exactly. Like, I don't... There's no reason to struggle. Like, when I was when I was coaching and you're, like, swimming, you can get really good by working on the thing you're the worst at, right? But, I like, agree. I don't need to struggle with those types of things like yes I can get better at them so like minimal effort will make me exponentially better at these things I'm bad at or not as strong at yeah but the things that are like right under your top five or like even the top 10 to 20 yeah those are the things that I'm like oh like some small tweaks can make a huge difference in this exactly especially if you're looking at something else that you're like well I know I can be received in this way Mm -hmm. that's negative from it so how do I bring up one of the other ones from below to then counteract that because otherwise my message is lost right. and that's not what I want. So mm-hmm. how do I fix this? But um, the other, so I read those and then, but when it comes to like the really deep dive, like the one I, I think I mentioned in the, um, the shine one. Oh, I love that. I didn't read that one yet, but it was really, I liked the concept that that is like a day and it's find your shine and which I feel like you found your shine, but it's still a great read. And who doesn't want to be have some affirmations sure. and confirmations of the direction that they're going? But um, and that is that'll that's like a day read. That's it's not that long of a book. It's not that it's not that complex. Um, more complex in your feelings and deep diving than anything else and thought provoking. But um, I'm reading that. Um, what's it called? Humanitarian. And it's basically, or humanity, and it's basically about the concept that really humankind is good. It's not, it's not bad, a whole other concept. And, and it's true, like you, it's just certain amount of pages or chapters or whatever at a time, because it's so informative, but like, it's applicable too. I know it's crazy and it's theory or whatever, but it's applicable Um, when they talk about like, how we or where we originally came from mm-hmm. and how we're just in all essence babies. Yep. If you look at the grand scheme of the world and its life on earth, we are still in our infancy. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I love books like that as well. So yeah. I love, I love to read. I love new yeah. concepts and um, all those kind of things. I like Ted talks a lot too. Cause they're, oh, yeah. they're like, like nice little nuggets of yes. information that are usually very, Yes. Like you can get, you can go down a rabbit hole after watching a TED talk, you know, like it's the true. first time I saw a Brene. Oh yeah. Brene the Brene's Brown. very first TED talk. And it was at a birth mom retreat. And I remember being like, well, I've been trying to be a badass and like hide all this vulnerability stuff. And that's not been working so well. So maybe I'll just try it her way. Yeah. And that was like, everything changed and got better. And, um, about a year after that, everything was like starting to fall into place in a much better spot. And that was kind of like when I met Dawn and yeah. all that stuff just kind of, um, I was just bought into it. I was like, all right, let's do it. And, and look at you now. It's been, it's been weird, uh, but good. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I always say Brene's my Jesus. Like, yeah. Brene's my Jesus. I think a lot of people say that. I have a shirt that I have my friend make. It says Brene Brown for president. <laughs> we could start that movement. Yeah. And she was a swimmer, too. So, like, I feel like I really relate yeah. to Brene. Like, I really want to meet her. I had a friend that coached uh, – on her campus and I was always like can I can I can I come visit you and like and she's like she's so like private and boundaries and like locked yes. down and I was like damn you know but I was like but. she she seems to be pretty fabulous I've seen her TED talks I've heard her on mm-hmm. podcasts I mean she's just she's so knowledgeable and how she delivers what she knows is in such a way that we can all connect to it and mm-hmm. I and I love that um I unfortunately did not know of her until a year and a half ago I guess, yeah, I'm always like, do you know about Brene? That's like my first thing, right? And then do you know about Glennon? Like, you were untamed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, when I read Untamed, I went through, like, two two highlighters and, like, multiple post-it flags because I highlighted and posted so much. You know, it was it was rough. Uh, it was a good book, but it was, it like, is. it was a lot of highlighting. It, and uh, she's, she's another powerful force out there. Mm-hmm. And I love what she's done. And, like, her and Abby. Abby together, yeah. They're, I, um, they're, they're an inspiration. Did you read Wolfpack? Abby. So, so I started to read Wolfpack. That's on my rotation as well. I'm not done. That was a recommendation to me. And I mean, who doesn't love, love Abby? Yeah, that was I, a, it was a good one. There's a girl's version of it too. Like a youth, like a teen version. Oh, no way. I probably would get through that probably faster. <laughs> Her Wolfpack's <laughs> not bad. Even like if you get the, the 13, I think there's 13 rules or something that she has okay. at the end of the book. I think those are. Those are definitely worth skipping to. Yeah, they're good. I mean, the books are all, all about all of them. It's been a while. I read it a couple years ago. So, okay. you know, 300 books ago. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's hard to remember. So, um, so thank you very much. Absolutely. Um, I, I am honestly so happy you're here. And I'm so happy thank that you, you shared me. your story, everything. So you talked about Brene Brown mm-hmm. and then, of course, Glennon Doyle and everything. But I want to know, and this is definitely putting you on the spot. Oh, boy. But what would be your words of wisdom to all the people out there and what you wish that they would remember on a daily basis about themselves? Um, so I say a lot, like Glennon's thing is like, um, you can do hard things. Yeah. Um, but I also say, choose your hard because life, like I wish more people would buy into the fact that life is supposed to be hard. Yes. Um, and so if you just accept that life is hard and it's always going to be hard, um, there's never, it's never easier if or when ever. Right. So choosing your hard is the easiest way for me to like, think about that. So that's kind of my, uh, my go is like, choose your hard because it's always hard, whether you're avoiding dealing with something difficult or you're actually facing it head on. It's always hard. Um, One just gets you faster through it and it's never the avoiding. Um, So choosing my hard, like going to a funeral and calling hours and staying sober all night when everybody else around me is drinking. um, You know, that's still hard because you're like uncomfortably, I'm already uncomfortable in social situations. Right. And then everybody else is drinking and I'm not. And that makes it even worse. And then by the way, they're doing that to make themselves feel more comfortable comfortable. and be numb and to numb the feelings. And I'm just going to sit there and like, I'm like, well, I, my heart is I'm going to face all these feelings head on. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to just work right, walk right into them, walk right through them. And then, Oh, this is a lot easier than I thought, you know? And, um, it was still hard, but, I'm always proud of myself when I like choose the best hard um, or the hard that I know is the right hard. 
Um, and don't let that impulse control get me. <laughs> that's an easy one. So <laughs> stay yeah, away from choose your easy. Heart. Choose Life is hard. hard. Choose your heart and you can do hard things. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you You're so welcome. much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening in to The Seed. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, go to dandelion-inc.com and click Let's Connect. And please be sure to subscribe to The Seed's monthly podcast to hear more inspiring stories from other badass women that are all around us. Remember, behind every woman is a tribe of other successful women who have their back. To you all, thank you.